Well, good morning, everyone. We are so glad you're here. We are continuing our series, People First. And if you weren't here last week, we started this conversation and we started kind of talking about, well, we we have to really take intentional, specific acts to make sure that we put people first in our life. It's not just something that happens by accident. There's so many uh, things that pull at our time and our schedule and our attention We have to be very particular and specific to make sure that we do what we intend to do, which is putting people first. And so last week, if you were here, we talked about doing things like shutting off technology, scheduling time with people, you know, things like this that will make sure that you put a priority on people first. Um, Today, I want to talk to you more about that and talk specifically about uh, purposeful relationships. You know, all throughout the scripture, we say, see, that Jesus goes down a path and shows us, uh, like, just the example of every relationship that he has, has meaning, and he moves people in incredible ways and has such impact on others as he engages with people. I can imagine just being around Jesus, it would just be a life-changing thing. And that's what everyone who encountered Jesus, their life was dramatically changed, Wouldn't it be something if our relationships were something that were both mutually beneficial to one another and something that really impacted one another in a positive way? We have an incredible ability and opportunity to make an impact on others, but it doesn't happen by accident. And so today we're going to talk about having purposeful relationships. Just looking at like snapshots of the life of Jesus, is he really kind of focuses a lot of his time on people and building those relationships with people. Uh, At the very beginning of his ministry, he gathers the disciples. He says, come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And that's kind of how he starts things. And he gathers people and he starts building these relationships with people. After that, he really develops the disciples. He teaches them and he has multiple sermons, uh, you know, including, you know, all these really important, famous teachings like love God. Love your neighbor. Um, All of these other things that he just, he invests in people and meaningful conversation and meaningful dialogue about things that really matter. And then at the end of his life, he says, go, therefore go and make more disciples. Go and make an impact on people just like I made an impact on you. That's how Jesus formatted his relationships. And that's what we see. We see him hanging around people and making dramatic impacts on the life of people around him because of how he lives his life. And so I really hope that in this new year, we can kind of be about the business of relationships really mattering. Not just I have a lot of friends or I have a family, but I have life-giving, nurturing relationships that I'm investing in thoughtfully, and, um, and, and there's things that it's just mutually beneficial for me and for others because I have uh, meaning behind those relationships. I'm going to read a story to you today uh, that kind of helps me because when we're talking about Jesus stuff, Sometimes it's intimidating because, you know what? I'm no Jesus. 
Anybody else here say like, okay, yeah, that is great. I would love to look to that. But sometimes those examples are hard and intimidating because Jesus sets the bar so high. Um, there's other even people in scripture that seem to set the bar so high. We're going to read about uh, the Apostle Paul. And sometimes if you see his life and the sacrifices he made and you kind of see that example, which is very valuable, it's like, whoa, it's unbelievable. He's, he's like shipwrecked. He's beaten. He's imprisoned. All of these things that he goes through and he goes to the ends of the earth to proclaim Jesus's message is like, wow, that's inspirational. I don't know if I have it in me. Anybody else? Okay. Maybe you may feel that way. And we should look to the people like, of course we should look to Jesus. Of course we should look to these examples and scriptures of these heroes of faith. But how can we relate it to our everyday, just kind of normal conversations that we have? Maybe it feels significantly different. Well, here's what I want our challenge to be today. I know that you may not be exactly like Jesus in your relationship. You may not be even like Paul in your relationships. But you can be an Ananias. Okay? You may not be a Paul, but you can be an Ananias. Let's read in Acts chapter 9. It says this. And this is the story, uh, the beginning story of Paul... And how he starts his ministry because he has the dramatic conversion that's recorded multiple times in scripture because he loves to tell, retell this story. But it says this, Saul is was, but Saul still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogue at Damascus so that he may... So that he found any belonging to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. So this is our figure, Paul, that is uh, earlier in his life is uh, persecuting Christians and trying to um, arrest them. So now, as he went on his way, he approached Damascus. And suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul. <coughs> Why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and enter the city, and you will be told what to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the voice, but seeing no one. Saul rose from the ground, and although his eyes were opened, he saw nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him to Damascus. And for three days, he was without sight and neither ate nor drank. Verse 10 says this. Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in the vision, Ananias. And he said, here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, rise and go to the street called Straight. And at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. For behold, he is praying. And he has seen a vision, a man named Ananias came in and lay his hands on him so he may gain, regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. 
And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias departed and entered the house. And laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you came, has sent me, so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes, and he regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized, and taking food, he was strengthened. For some days he was with the disciples at Damascus. And then the book of Acts really shifts. Um, and uh, early in the book of Acts, it talks a lot about Peter and John and some of those disciples that walked with Jesus while he was here on earth. And really, the second half of the book of Acts focuses in on Paul and all the travels that he takes and all the incredible things that he does. And he ends up writing a good portion of the New Testament. And is really kind of what a lot of Christian theology is based on is this person's life. A profound story. And, you know, something that is really important. And it's kind of the go-to story when you look to huge change. Somebody who is an absolute, like, threat to Christians, who is persecuting people, imprisoning them. And, and then he has a dramatic conversion and is this hero of the faith, the Apostle Paul. But, you know, I, I think we also need to look at the other pieces of that story, too. It's this interesting character who is absolutely, undeniably another hero of faith, Ananias, who is a simple guy who is there and is faithfully living out what God's called him to do. And when God is looking for somebody, he goes to Ananias and just says, Ananias, will you do what I ask you to do? And you know, his initial response, because he knows the reputation of Saul, is to say, you know what, is that a good idea? This could be dangerous. This is, this is not, not going to be fun. He's the guy that is putting everyone in prison and persecuting everyone. I don't know if I should do that. But he decides to put away all of these other things, and he says, I will go. Um, you know, it's, it's really important as we talk about our relationships is, uh, is there a willingness? Is there a willingness for us to get involved? Is, our, is there a willingness to have purpose and significance and meaning in our relationships? Just like Jesus was all about, but all these other people. Because that is really the heart of how things work in God's kingdom. We, you know, many times like churches and things will do big like shows and concerts and programs and all kinds of stuff like that. That may be useful. It may attract a crowd. It may be fun. It may be interesting. But the reality of it is here's how God's kingdom is built from one relationship to another. One purposeful person saying, you know what? I want to make a connection with somebody else and I want to help them out. And I'm willing to go. I'm willing to invest. 
I'm willing to engage. I'm willing to have conversation that is meaningful. I'm willing to do what God asked me to do. And that's what this guy does. Simple, kind of a little footnote. But he simply says, I am willing to become, like, I'm willing to become this disciple. I'm willing to be somebody who other people can count on. I'm willing to be in a posture where I will listen to the voice of God and I, I, I'll pass that on to, to other people. And, and Paul in this story is, uh, is impacted in a tr- profound way as a result of it. You, you heard the story and what happens is, is upon uh, his meeting of Ananias, miraculously Paul regains his sight. And that's something that, you know, is tangible and specific to the story, but we shouldn't lose kind of like the symbolic meaning of that, too. Is that he goes from someone who is blind to somebody who can see because of the impact of somebody else's prayers and somebody else's actions. And that's what happens. And this is the transformation, and we know the rest of the story. But, like, could you be somebody like this? That walks along by somebody else. Could you be one of those people? Could you be one of those people that has really purposeful, meaningful relationships? You know, every single one of us, if we're parents or we have close family members and we care about our faith and the message of God should take real ownership over this. The kids that are our house, we need to have some purposeful relationships with them. Making sure that we're talking to them about things that matter. The people that are really close to us, we need to make sure that we have some purposeful relationships. And so let's, let's think and talk about that today. Um, becoming a disciple, I think, requires a couple of things. It requires really being open and teachable. Really being open to the voice of God as Ananias heard God's voice and he was open. He was ready. He was ready to go. Uh, One of the Bible verses that has kind of shaped us at Church at the Creek is Psalm 1-3, where it talks about uh, a tree planted by streams of living water, and a tree that is planted by streams of living water grows up strong and has roots and is able to withstand any storm that comes their way. That is where our name comes from, Church at the Creek. That we want to be the type of people that are like a tree planted by streams of water. That we're being nourished constantly by God's grace. That we put ourselves in a spot strategically where we know that God will show up and God will do something in our life so that we're teachable and open and listening to the voice of God. And so really to be a purposeful person, I think it starts by being open. It starts by having a teachable spirit. It starts by putting yourself in the flow of God's grace. Putting yourself in that place. So if if you're looking for kind of uh, lightning and maybe kind of this moment almost that Paul had, let's be clear. This is the exception to the rule. This is not like how people over the course of time typically grow close and close to God is like these big picture vision moments. It is unique, this story in particular. What happens is, 
is us putting ourselves in the spot where we know God will show up. And we know very clearly the places that God has shown up over and over and over and told us that this is where I'll show up. This is where you'll be moved. This is where you'll be teachable. This is where my voice will be proclaimed. We know that it's in the Bible. We know that. We know God has said, this is my word, and this is a place where you will hear from me, and God will speak to you, and you will be nourished, and you will grow. And so we, we need to be close to that. The scripture has been very clear as it says, you know, go and be a part of that community of faith. Like we talked about last week, we should engage in our relationships in our family, but we should be engaging in relationships with the community of faith and being around other people, having these conversations, gathering in worship, singing and having our hearts be open. Are you putting yourself and planting your life by a stream of God's grace? It's one of the reasons as well that part of our worship services we gather around the Lord's table for communion at the end of our services. Because it's a terrible fear of mine. Here it is. I'll explain a little bit more of my thinking behind that. It's a terrible fear of mine that somebody would walk into this place in a desperate way looking for God and we never gave them an opportunity to respond. What a terrible thing that would be. What a terrible thing that would be if somebody just came for one time and we just never gave them a, a chance to say, I need God. And every time when we gather, we have an opportunity to get out of our seat, to step forward, and say, God, help me out. God, give me grace. God, forgive me. And it's a routine and a ritual in a way that we do. But it's something for me that I've found over the course of years Every time going forward and saying yes to God and opening my heart and being ready and being listening carefully and trying to evaluate my own life and trying to understand what God wants for me, God speaks and things move and things change. And so the question in our life, if we want to start with this, and this is the pictures that we see throughout the scripture, is to be open and teachable. Be ready for God's grace to show up. Don't make God bang down the door to speak to you. Put yourself in a spot where you're open and listening and ready to go. And you're, you're attentive to what he has to say. And so Ananias was ready. In that moment in time when God showed up and God spoke, he heard and he, he had some fears, but he responded. And then he was willing to go. He was willing to go and he was willing to speak. And he went and he said, I am willing to use my gifts, my abilities, the things that God has done in my life to impact another person. And you see that it wasn't just this moment where he just, he, he did a lot of things. He prayed for Saul and his, his sight was restored. Uh, it says he was baptized. I'm sure Ananias was involved with this process, with his baptism. And then it says the last verse before uh, that I read is it says that for some days, Saul stayed with the disciples at Damascus. 
It seems as though, and I don't know if it was specifically Ananias' home, but more than likely, Saul stayed with him in his home for several days and was, was there with him, hanging out with him, and like getting, investing in his life. What an incredible, powerful testimony that he was willing to open up his life in this way to say, you know what? Yeah, you can walk alongside with me. And you can live life with me. You know, today um, is a unique day. And uh, this is one of the reasons my sermon is going to be kind of short today. Because after service, we're going to be talking about some of the things that are really core to our church. And we want to try to do this a couple of times a year where we, we kind of have what's called our, our all-church business meeting. To talk about the things that are core and talk about what's, what's coming up next and get everybody engaged and involved and, and kind of that kind of stuff. But let me just be really clear, and it's intentional in what we're talking about, is that the business of the church is not dollars and cents. The business of the church is not like these kind of structures or how we're going to formulate our 501c or 3 or how we're going to do this or how we're going to do that. The, 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 the business of the church is relationships that change people's lives. That's the business of the church. That's what we do. And that's what we're about. Is that we have key relationships that change our lives when we mutually come together and say, I will be one of those people. I will be an Ananias. I will be ready. I will be willing. I will be open to impact somebody else's life. I will have people over to my house to hang out. I will ask people how they're doing. I'll pray for one another. I'll be there for you. I'll engage people in these kind of relationships that are life-changing. And the people in my home, it's not going to be like weeks that pass before I have a meaningful conversation because this stuff matters. My relationships are going to have purpose and meaning. And something significant is going to come out of it. It's not going to just be where I know a bunch of people. That's not it. And this is the gift, the beautiful, wonderful gift that, the, that God gave us to be a part of the body of Christ, to be a part of impacting one another, influencing one another, and doing all these things. And so in your relationships, do you have purpose? Do you have meaning? Do you have something that like is engaging on a deeper level, you need to take ownership over those relationships in your home and say, I'm going to have some conversations that matter. I'm going to do that. A simple way to start, very, very simple, is the people in your home, gather them around one time a day and just pray for one another. Open up that point in time every day where you allow God to intersect all the other stuff that is going on. Pray for one another. And it can be as simple as two minutes to just say, I'm, we're going to pray every day for one another and make sure that like this home is different. Our relationships are different. It may be for some of you that you may need to seek out some people in your life that can help you go to another level. 
people that you can be vulnerable with, people that you can, yes, this is, this is kind of scary, but the scripture says, confess your sins one to another. Maybe pe- trusted people that you can go to and say, this is what I'm struggling with right now. Would you pray for me and help me? And this is a room full of people that, are, that, that like, could be a trusted place where we could do that. If we're mature enough to handle that. Trusted group of people that can pray for one another and struggle through with, with the things that we're dealing with. But you have to be open. You can easily just kind of be closed off to everybody else. Never admit, like, when you're struggling. You know, maybe for some of us, it's thinking about taking somebody else under your wing. Thinking about like really trying to form a relationship where there's somebody else that you'd be willing to take into your life, like Ananias took Saul into his home, and say, I'm gonna help you out a little bit. I'm gonna show you, I'm gonna show you some of the things that I've learned. Of course, start with your immediate family, of course. But maybe that's something that could expand more. Maybe that's something that you could you could invest in. In a different way. People ask me all the time. And this is a very valuable question. I'm very thankful for this. People ask me all the time. What can I do to help the church? And let me tell you this. I got a to-do list. There's lots of things you can do. Okay. I got some people working like crazy on my to-do list right now. Which is very, very exciting. It's wonderful. I love it when people take to-do lists. That's great. The number one thing you can do to help this community of faith is to love your neighbor in a profound way. Pray for your neighbors. Be open. Be close to the heart of God. And when opportunity strikes, be there for others in a way that nobody else will be willing to do that. That is the number one thing you can do because that is the business of the church. You understand that? That is what we do. And so my, my questions that I want you to think about is, am I willing? Am I open? Maybe can't be a Jesus. Maybe I can't be a Paul. But I sure can be an Ananias. I know I can. Later on in Scripture, in 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, Paul makes this incredible statement. After he's gone down this path and journey for several years, he says, follow my example as I follow Christ. He's, he's come so far that he comes to a place where other people, he says, I am going to be following Christ with my life and you can follow me because, you know, that's kind of the path that I'm, I, I'm taking. That's pretty confident, bold statement. But it's really the call of God on our lives is for us. Jesus gathers his disciples. He teaches his disciples. And then he says, go to all the nations and proclaim and do this stuff. Be about this. I invite you just to bow your heads right now. And my hope is that 2019 is a year where people come first in our lives. We saw the example that Jesus gave. 
People came first in his life. He invested time, energy, effort in those key relationships. In your life, it maybe goes two different ways. You need to be open to somebody else pushing you forward, helping you out. And maybe you need to put your arm around somebody else and carry their burden. Encourage them. Invite them into your life. This is the work of the church. This is the call of God to be a disciple and to make disciples. It's all about relationships. And for 2,000 years, it's gone from one person to the next. As people have been willing and not afraid to go and to speak, to engage, and have relationships that matter. So I don't know what God is bringing to your mind at this moment right now. But maybe it's just a face of somebody. Maybe it's a face of somebody in your life that without you might be in trouble. May have a pretty hopeless life. Maybe lost, maybe blind. But praise God because he's put you in their life. Praise God. The greatest gift could ever be given. Somebody else that'd be willing to proclaim and share what God has done. And so today I invite you just to think about those people in your life that are close to you. Think about those people that God is bringing to mind right now, right here, and pray for them. Pray that you could have a meaningful relationship and impact on somebody else's life. 